back to the Kimberly Levy podcast, where we believe entrepreneurs are the new influencers. If you are trying to build your brand, your business, and your influence, you are in the right place. This is your one-stop shop to learn everything you need to learn about how to expand your reach, your income, and your impact. Let's dive in. Kelly Moore, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you. How are you? I'm doing great, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Likewise, likewise. I'm so, so excited to talk with you. So for all of our audience listening, can you give us a little summary, a brief summary as to your journey as a business person, as a mother, as a wife, where did you begin your career, Kelly? Sure. Yes. My career started in Chicago in the Midwest after I finished grad school, got my MBA in finance from the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. And it was easy to recruit into Chicago. And for me, that would be a, it was a great opportunity to live in a big city. I grew up in Southern California. So the Midwest was a new culture shift for me. And so I really wanted to go into um, consulting. So I did, I landed a, a job out of school with Ernst & Young and did business performance um, consulting. And my background prior to that was mortgage banking. So I, I worked with mortgage clients and traveled all over the country. And I thought I wanted to do that. And then I soon realized that was tiring and packing and unpacking and never being home was not quite the lifestyle I wanted as I was preparing to get married and have a family. So one of my clients in Chicago hired me. It was a big bank, ABN AMRO. It was a foreign bank out of the Netherlands, but they had their U.S. bank was LaSalle Bank in Chicago. So I started my career in banking and that is where I was for 20 years, why I had children. And I, when I had my firstborn, I was going to stay home because that's what I knew growing up. My husband's mom stayed home. My mom stayed home. So I was like, okay, now it's time to take a break but I really didn't want to. So I was struggling. I'm like, I loved my job. I loved my career and they didn't want me to leave either. So they said, tell us what you want. And I said, actually, can I work like three days a week and two days at home? And, and they said, whatever you want. So it was great. Cause so I figured out a way to do both. And um, we hired some help at home and I, I went into the office two days a week. I worked at home one day and then I proceeded to have three boys with that schedule. It worked lovely. I felt like I had the perfect life balance, work, motherhood. It was busy, but it was manageable. And then the boys grew, life got busy, banks merged, you know, and it, it just got to be too much. And I really noticed the older they got, the more they needed me around. You want to know who their friends are, who they're hanging out with, what they're doing. So I started consulting business on my own, helping financial control consulting in the Chicago area. That was my, where my network was. And then an opportunity brought us to San Francisco Bay area. And I decided to just change up my career and follow my passion. So I decided to get certified in nutrition. I went to the in, uh, Institute of Integrative Nutrition and became certified as a health coach. And I've been working on launching my business as a health coach and just embracing just a new change. And so I can be around for my kids and kind of follow something I'm passionate about. Wow. You know, as you're talking, I feel so inspired by you because 
at every stage of what you just described, you followed your gut and you followed your heart and it takes guts, especially when here you are this accomplished corporate businesswoman, then you have a family at home and, you know, just trying to kind of find that balance and advocating, not just settling the fact that you had the confidence to ask for what you wanted and to come up with a creative solution is probably the very thing that makes you the most you know, successful above anything. And I just feel like that's such an important and powerful point to bring forward for folks listening, because especially as women, I find that we don't always listen to our gut to the extent we should. And I feel like we almost suppress it sometimes. We're not as in tune. And it's something that I, as I've gotten older, I've been really honing in on is that gut. It really does guide us. And I didn't ever really understand it fully, but as you're talking, it's like you, you just described like three or four different steps along the way where, you know, you were kind of faced with, you know, a decision that you didn't really want to make, but then you went, you leaned into what your gut was telling you and you advocated for yourself and you asked. And I just think that as women, we need to be asking for what it is we want more. So I just love that you are such a great example of, of that and being able to find a balance in your home and in your business is just amazing. I love it. So now Kelly, you are on the precipice of launching your latest and greatest venture. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with that? Yes, I'd love to. So I have always been passionate about health and wellness from a young age, you know, in high school, I was, you know, I, I went vegetarian for a while. Cause you know, I just knew a Southern California girl, you know, I'm like, I'm going to just eat all vegetables and not eat plants. And so I've always dabbled in, you know, things that are, better for us health-wise. I've always believed that food can be healing if we give our body what it needs. So now I'm just, I just feel so fortunate that I can follow this passion even more. Um, why I got my certification in nutrition. And then I had my own little health journey when we moved. Um, I just wasn't feeling right. No one, no one could figure it out. All the doctors, they, they kept diagnosing different things and it just wasn't working until finally I found a naturopath doctor here. And he was able to test me right away. He did some muscle testing and some drops on my tongue. And he's like, you are highly, highly sensitive to gluten, wheat primarily. He's like, try cutting that out and see how you feel. And so I made a couple shifts and it was amazing to me how much better I felt, just how much more energy I had. My brain fog went away. I just felt energized again. And so I just started exploring this food as medicine and, you know, how you need to, like you said, your intuition, follow your gut, like just listen to your body. It'll tell you what it needs. And that's what I just love about this process of, of working with people. But but along the gluten, I basically learned that gluten was like a toxin for my body, right? So then I started exploring toxins and realized gluten was in some personal care products that we put on our skin and our hair. And so I had to change everything over. And it was just really this self-awakening for me that, wow, we put a lot of chemicals on our body every day between sunscreen. I'm always lathering my kids up in sunscreen and like the shampoo we use, the makeup, we, everything, the house cleaners. And I just went down this research of these toxins can really impact our health. And I was kind of surprised. I'm like, why didn't I realize this before? But we just feel like these products are being sold on the shelves and they're 
they're good for us, but that's not necessarily the case. So now my mission is I just want to educate other people on what I've learned and small changes they can make in their house to really make an impact for them and their families. Wow. That is so interesting that I was going to ask you what, you know, after you kind of uncovered and revealed what the true underlying health issue was, which it turned out for you to be the gluten, what was the most surprising thing that you learned, you know, that gluten was in. And so when you talk about all these kind of topical things, so not because when I think of gluten, I think of what we're ingesting, right? But you're saying that there's gluten in all these other products. Where else are these different toxins that may surprise us? What are some other things that you realized are, and maybe it's just in the home, not even necessarily for gluten, but what are some other places that you think people aren't aware of where we've got all kinds of toxins that we should become you know, more educated around? The eye-opening part for me was, you're right, like gluten was in shampoo. So I'm like, how is that? And then everything we put on our scalp is absorbed into your bloodstream in like 26 seconds. So that's what people don't understand. Our skin is our largest organ. Everything we put on our skin gets in our bloodstream. So that wasn't, that was just open to my eyes, but then I didn't think about your home, like in your home, for instance, Mm -hmm. carpet and furniture off gases. So it off gases into your home. So there's been a lot of research that says sometimes the air in your home is actually more toxic than the air outside. Actually, this was an interesting thing. You bring clothes home from the dry cleaner. And I know this last year, we haven't been dry cleaning as much because people are at home, but you know, back in the day when you did dry clean clothes, you actually should hang them outside to air out because they have toxins when you bring them home and you should take them out of the plastic, air them out outside. Cause if you go hang them in their, your closet, they're going to like the toxins in the air are going to get in your closet and get on your other clothes. And that when you wear fabric toxins can like seep through your skin from the, so that was to me a whole nother, like, so the detergent you use on your clothes, what you use in your dryer, all that matters. Cause you're wearing your clothes all day. And that rubs off onto your skin. So that was a big aha for me as well. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you shared that because we have dry cleaning all the time, especially for my husband. So now we're going to have to come up with a better system. The other amazing tip besides the dry cleaning was this idea about the hair. Can you tell us a little bit about the hair products that you like to use? Sure. Yeah. So I did some research. So when he told me that I went to whole foods, you know, and I found some products but they just weren't the same as like, you know, salon products. And so I was kind of frustrated. And then I just started researching. And actually the funny part was I was at my son's hockey tournament. My youngest son plays ice hockey. And I was in Colorado at a tournament with him. And one of the moms knew a girl there that their husbands played hockey together. So we were all in the lobby one night. I complimented her hair. She had beautiful hair. And she's like, Oh, actually I sell shampoo. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's, you know, I wasn't expecting that, but she told me all about this company called modern nature. It's the best of science and nature. And they created a luxury hair care brand that's anti-aging and it's all about no chemicals. So no parabens, no phylates, no gluten, it's cruelty-free, you know, and I was like, Ooh, sign me up. I'm going to try it. Cause I've been using whole food shampoo and I don't like it. Um, yeah. And I've been using their products for three and a half years and just really have fallen in love with their brand and they perform and they're not full of all the toxic chemicals. So, um, it was a win-win for me. 
I love that. I absolutely love that you've fallen in love with that. And you have such beautiful hair. So folks need to check out your Instagram because you really do have like this bouncy, shiny, perfect hair. So um, I I might need to get some of that product. (laughs) Well, and you know, and I'm at an age where, you know, when you go through midlife changes, your hair one of the, you know, main things is you dry. So your hair gets dry and you lose your hair and actually quite the opposite is happening with me. My hair is getting thicker and it's shiny and it's healthy. It's the healthiest it's ever been, which is not normal when you go through midlife changes. (laughs) So I'm very happy. I love it. Now, you are doing something that is very interesting to me around your course that you're creating and educating us on some of the seasonal kind of shopping we can be doing for food. Can you tell me a little bit about what I'm supposed to be doing as far as purchasing products that or foods that are in season? How do you know when things are in season? And also kind of what you're going to be doing as you're thinking of your course, how that's going to all kind of unfold. Anything you can share? Oh, sure. I'd love to. So one of my favorite lectures when I was at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition was this woman, Daphne Miller, and she wrote a book called Pharmacology. And it's, and it just really opened my eyes to think of farming and where we get our food from in a whole different way. She talked about how important the soil is to our food. Now it makes sense, right? The food is grown in the soil. So your soil needs to be rich in nutrients and it um, shouldn't have the heavy metals in it. And the soil that your food is grown in ends up being, you know, being part of your own microbiome in your gut. And so she did this whole research about the closer you eat ingredients to where you live, the better it is for your gut and your overall health. So it's all, it's all about local, getting local produce and eating local food and even growing your own if you can. But if you can't go to your local farmer's market and she did this whole thing about, about like vitamin farming and farm is your immune system and did all this research in the soil. And when you change the soil, it's just so interesting what it can do for your, your gut microbiome, which is so important, right. For healthy digestion and everything else. So I was fascinated. And then I was thinking about, okay, how can I teach people about going to the farmer's market and eating local and seasonal ingredients? And when you eat things in season, it's better for you because they're fresh and they're local. And it's also better for the environment. So if I'm going to eat blueberries, grown in Northern California, that's much better for me and the environment than buying blueberries from Chile, you know, that are imported because of the gas and the emissions it takes to get those blueberries to me. Right. So it's just better for everybody. If you can eat local, I'm so glad you just educated me on that because I have to tell you, so my mom, she's a dietitian. So I know about healthy eating to an extent, but this idea, which is like more newer, or at least to me, like growing up, this wasn't as big of a push about the local, like it's, it's a little bit of a mystery in a black box. Like why is eating local important? And, uh, I love that you just kind of showed us kind of globally or holistically why it matters. And I just didn't realize that. So thank you for making that connection because I didn't understand the big push about eating local all the time. So now I feel like it's a light bulb moment. So thank you. 
Sure. Yeah. And it was for me as well. And I, that's why, you know, the trend, the farm to table restaurants are so popular and they're so good for you. And the food tastes better. Actually, if you were to, this was great at my son's middle school last year, we had a health fair and um, my neighbors actually own some of the local farmers markets here in Northern California. And they did a booth and they brought like fresh picked like clementines or the little like um, cutie, you know, oranges when they were in season. And then they had store-bought ones that came from either Florida or another country. So from far away, not from Northern California. And it was the taste difference is unbelievable. So that's kind of a fun experiment to do, even for your own family. I suggest everyone to do that. Like go buy something local and then go to your grocery store and buy something that's imported or comes from another part of the country and taste test them side by side. And you will definitely taste a difference. Oh my goodness. Kelly, we need to do a eat local challenge. I would love, love to see the results of that. I think you should make it go viral and do it on TikTok or Instagram. Cause I think it'd be so interesting to hear the perspective from different people all over the world. That's a great idea. Wouldn't it be? And then, and then have them describe the taste difference between what they're eating, like the one so juicy and just so fresh and the other one's dried out and doesn't. And then the nutrient, think of the nutrients you're missing from the difference too. Like you're getting much more from that juicy, delicious dripping orange than this dried out. Like, you know, it's not as good. I want to dive deeper because I'm a mom of young kids and only in the last five years have I even learned to truly cook properly. Like, I don't mean the basics, but I mean, cook, you know, for my family of say 10 or 12 on a Sunday night, a full fam din. Okay. As I call it fam din. So it's already been a process, just learning how to cook anything. Now I haven't really gone deep into how to really kind of source my food, you know, okay. Yeah. I'll go to Gelson's or or whole foods for some of my nicer produce. But as far as leveraging our farmers markets and the seasonal and all of that, can you give us some tips? Like what should we be doing to feed our families properly? Well, I'm a big believer and supporter of farmers markets. And it's, it's really easy to know what's in season. Cause if you go to your local farmers market, that's what's in season, what they're growing, you know, and oh, you know, like, okay. like right now it's spring asparagus, sugar snap peas, like you'll see what's in season. It's what they have the most of fresh, all the different, you know, farmers that come in and then you make your recipes from that. Cause if it's in season, it's meant to be grown then. So it's going to, it's going to be happy. Like that's the, you know, you, you want happy food, right? You want to eat happy food because it's going to make you happy. But if you're eating a food that was forced to grow in a season, it doesn't normally grow under different conditions. That's not a happy food, you know? So like I say, like eat clean, eat happy, like eat the things that are meant to be grown when they're, they thrive basically when they thrive, right. Is, is their growing season. So really just go to the local farmer's market, see what's there, talk to the farmers. They love to talk to you about their food and what they're growing. And, and organic really does matter. You know, it's funny, even my own mom, she is a great cook. That's where I I really developed my love of cooking from my dear mother. And, but she was like, Oh, organic. That's, that's just so they can charge you more. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all, it doesn't. And then I'm like, mom, no, it really does matter. But 
there's certain things. There's a great resource, the Environmental Working Group. Every year they publish a list, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. So every year they test fruits and vegetables and they tell you the Dirty Dozen are the 12 things you want to buy organic because they have the most pesticide residue in them. So for moms, for so if you have young children, I highly recommend you look at this list. Like strawberries is the number one thing you want to buy organic because they have the most pesticides. Spinach is another one. So there's a list of 12 ingredients and then there's, then they do the clean 15. So it's the 15 things that you can buy conventionally grown because like asparagus, one fact about asparagus, that's really interesting. It pests don't like asparagus. So they never spray asparagus. So asparagus is one like clean grown vegetable. So you can buy that conventionally grown where it doesn't matter to buy organic and like bananas have a skin, you know, things that you're going to peel and not eat the skin. You're, you can go ahead and buy non-organic. So those two lists are great resources to check out. Oh my goodness. You know, I've heard of those lists and I, I am so glad you just really explained it. I, I just feel like some of this information is floating out there, but then no one really tells you exactly like how to weave it all together so that when you're shopping, you're making an informed decision. Because to your point about asparagus, we love, I love making steak and asparagus and half the time I can't find organic asparagus and I don't know if it's okay to buy it. So I'm glad that you just explained that because I had no idea. Yeah. And that's what really kind of has developed for me into this passion of teaching people. Cause you just said the information's out there. I've heard of it, but I really don't know how to use it. And a lot of people have asked me, so what are you going to do as a health coach? Cause people can just Google it. And I'm like, but that's the problem. Yes. There's information overload out there. So what I'm trying to create is educate people on how to cut through the noise and really understand what's important. And, you know, I, I like doing all the research and looking at all the information. And then I want to bring it into a nice, concise package for my clients. And this is what's important. And like teach you in small bits of how to make changes that are sustainable instead I of getting overwhelmed. That. Yes. I love that. And it is so needed Kelly, because it is information overload. You don't know who's just selling you on stuff. And, you know, a lot of us, we are just like, well, we want to be healthier, but we don't know exactly how. And it's just so much information that we end up just doing what, what we just keep, we just keep doing what we're doing because it's easier, you know? So I think the idea of having you kind of coach people through like, okay, here's how you prioritize either toxin, toxin removal in your home or, you know, how to shop properly. What about actual recipes? Do you teach anything about how can we actually make nice dishes for our families? (laughs) Well, yes. So that leads perfectly into my group coaching that I have been crafting thanks to the guidance of a great business coach I have named Kimberly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I've come up with this great group coaching program. I want to call seasonal culinary Academy, where I do four times a year on the seasons, a short four week group coaching, where I will teach about what's in season, use local ingredients and share recipes that are kid-friendly, nutritious, easy to make. And then I'll, I'll include tips on how to prep, like how to do prep for busy moms. And so just about how to, from really from 
acquiring your produce at the farmer's market, then how to prep it and then what to cook. So you'll basically get a week of meals. So let's say it's asparagus. I'll give you like three or four different ways to prep asparagus that week in the spring. Like I'll pull out some favorites of my boys, like prosciutto wrapped asparagus is one of their favorite. I mean, and you could do prosciutto wrapped asparagus as like an appetizer, or sometimes I do it as a side dish. You know, you could serve it for brunch and you could, it's so great. And so you can make it in five minutes. It is so easy. So like little tips like that. And then one day you could do asparagus stir fry, or you could make asparagus soup, you know, like, or you could do it in on salad with a poached egg, you know, just so trying to give you other ways to use the vegetables. So that'll be included in this short four week group coaching that I'm getting ready to launch. Oh my goodness. First of all, Kelly, my mouth is watering. Okay. Number one, I have to tell you, it really is watering. And you know, it's something as you're speaking, something that I've learned from my mom. And I think you said this to me the other day, Kelly was like, I think where the disconnect between people, especially people that struggle on the, on the diet side, you know, eating nutritious foods, it's like, just, you said, just because it's healthy, it doesn't mean that it can't taste good. People think healthy food doesn't taste good, but you can certainly make it taste fantastic actually, you know? So they're asking for more like the prosciutto wrapped asparagus. (laughs) That's the key. And it's definitely true with our kids too, but it's, it's true with adults and really with all of us. What I think the key is to having like more of a lifestyle that's healthy is finding the healthy foods that you like. So finding ways to make healthy food taste good, and it doesn't need to be complicated or taken a million hours. Like my mom literally just showed up and she's coming over to make our favorite salad because we we both need to prioritize having a vegetable in our day. And it's a very simple salad. It's colorful. It has olive oil, salt, and pepper, but it's, and it's quick and easy, but it's like, I think the, the key for me at least is just unlocking, like, what are those few key recipes for me and my family, like our go-tos, right. That we know how to make and, you know, just leaning into that because otherwise it's just confusing what to eat, honestly. It can be very confusing and overwhelming. And sometimes you get stuck in a rut. You know, a lot of people come to me, how do you come up with all these ideas? I just make the same thing over and over. And that's what I'm hoping this seasonal Academy can help people with is give them a new ingredient to try and give them a few ways to try it. So they're introducing new things to their family, because I think it helps both you and your children. If you're eating a variety instead of eating the same thing all the time, all the time. Yeah. And then, and the kids get tired of it too. I mean, they just, they really do. And, you know, it's, I'm just so glad that you are creating this because like, I remember my grandmother would be like, Oh, tomatoes aren't in season now. And I'd be like, looking at her, like, how do you know that? Like, how do you know if it's time? And I don't, I don't know. I just find it to be not as straightforward as it seems in terms of really identifying what is in season and what's not. So I love, love this idea of your course so much. And as far as your private coaching, then like if folks want to kind of take it to the next level. They want to get unstuck in their health and take control, but they don't want to just subscribe to some diet that's out there. How do you kind of support them through that journey of getting back into their wellness? Sure. Yes. I think one-on-one coaching is very customized. And what I like about the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, what they taught us, it's all about bio-individuality. 
And that's one reason why I chose them to get certified because it's not a one size fits all. That's what's hard about all these fad diets, right? Keto, paleo, Atkins, like everyone wants to jump on the latest fad and it could be the worst thing you could do for your body. You know, just because it's right for you doesn't mean it's right for me. And it's all about listening to your gut. Again, listening to your body, it'll tell you what is optimal for it. And that's what I work with people at one that everybody's different. So it's very customizable. And then I work with what are their main pain points? What goals do they want to have? And we customize the plan for them. And then I am always doing research in the background and sending them information and emails and keep and, and recipes and keeping them accountable. And we meet twice, you know, twice a month uh, for 50 minutes, but then they get support you know, other times via text or email. And it's all about doing things, making small changes that are going to be sustainable. And it's maintaining that lifestyle balance and it 80, 20, right? So, and I really, I like to educate on how to crowd out the bad stuff. So if you have a bad craving for potato chips or salty food or sugar, how do we crowd that out with healthier choices? Instead of telling you not what to eat, I try to introduce other things you can eat instead. And then eventually your cravings for those other things should diminish over time. Wait, okay. You just hit on something. So I used to not like salty food. And as I've gotten older, I've formed more of a taste for it. So maybe do you know why that is or what I can do to change that? Well, you, you maybe were low in sodium. I mean, that could be one thing if you've had your, you know, your sodium levels checked, maybe you were, cause I tend to be that way too. Cause my mom never salted food. And so if you're low in sodium, your body could be craving it. So maybe that's why you're craving salty. Um, or if it, you know, your body changes a lot during pregnancy too. So that could do it. You know, there are women's bodies go through so many changes, but you can just start like crowding out that if you, if you want to try to get rid of that salty craving, you just crowd it out with like reach for the carrot sticks instead or raw vegetables or nuts and seeds can be good snacks. You know, sometimes they're salty though. So you have to, you know, look what you're going to have or, or an apple with a little peanut butter, you know, so trying to get a protein, but just showing people what other snacks can be and trying to steer them away from processed foods because overly processed foods are just really not good for our system. We weren't designed to eat food like that. So trying to get people back to more of a whole food based diet. I love that. It's so essentially if we are having unhealthy cravings, just starting to, as you say, crowd out by just grabbing, like kind of reprogramming our palate in a way by choosing for healthier options. Is that kind of what we should be trying to do? Yeah. So you crowd out, but it's all about being prepared and prepped. Right. And the reason that's not sustainable for people, because what's easier, right? You come home and you're famished and you look in the fridge and you're like, oh, there's a bag of organic carrots or there's a, you know, but, oh, there's a bag of chips right here. I can just open and eat them. Right. But I have to cut the carrots and peel them. And, you know, so you need to make it easy. So if you So little tips to prep on the weekend and keep things readily available that they're quick to grab and eat, that you'll eat those instead of go for the processed food, right? That's quick and easy and convenient or keeping nuts on hand or, 
And another thing I love to make is one of my signatures are these little power bites that are made with oats and a nut. And I can, I do blueberries and cacao nibs. So they're almost like a little cookie, but there's no refined sugar that in them at all. And you keep them in your freezer. So you always have them. So when you need a little snack, you just grab one of those. It's just about having them on hand, just being prepared. Okay. I have an ask of you for it's selfishly for myself, but also for our listeners, since I want this from you, would you create maybe like a freebie for us, like a short list of five to 10 healthy snacks that we can just create? Like you just mentioned a couple of them and hearing you say that it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. You know, but we can't think of it on our own. Would you mind creating a little, maybe like a little lead magnet, a freebie for us that I can link here in our show notes? I would love to. That sounds like a great idea. I could even include a recipe or two in there. Ooh, I love that idea. This is so fantastic. I am so excited that you are leaning into this because I really do see the value. I definitely feel like I could benefit from your course and from your coaching. And I know that so many people out there, especially busy moms, but just people in general feeling stuck about their health. It's just, you know, it's the wild west out there. So having you here to kind of guide us and educate us along the way is super, super helpful. So I really, really appreciate that. Sure. Thank you. And I think now more than ever, what we just went through this last year and a half, you know, people are understanding their health is their greatest wealth. And you want to keep your immune system strong and giving your body what it needs is the best way to have a healthy immune system. Yes, absolutely. I have one last question about the role of, can you kind of speak a little bit around probiotics or even like kombucha? Like how should we be taking the probiotic supplement? Do we need to be eating yogurt? Like what, can you just tell us something about how that all works? Cause that's another black box for me. Sure. It's interesting. You brought this up. I just had this conversation with my mom the other day, um, because she's been reading a lot too about gut health. You know, it's really like all the trend right now, how important your gut microbiome is right. And that it's, you keep it healthy and it's a mixture of probiotics and prebiotics. So you want to have the right balance in your gut, right? So it keeps your whole system healthy. It keeps your digestion healthy. So you can get probiotics from the foods, like you mentioned from yogurt or um, kombucha or sauerkraut or fermented foods, right? But then you want to make sure you're having the prebiotics, which are like the fiber. So asparagus is a huge prebiotic artichokes, pomegranates too. So you want to eat things that are good. And what happens is the probiotics eat the prebiotics and it gives that perfect like flora in your gut. So it is not a bad idea to take a probiotic supplement, especially right now. And there's other benefits of it. One, you know, can be anyone suffering from skin issues, uh, your gut, you know, is kind of reflects your skin. Anything that happens on your skin is kind of conducive of what's going on in your gut. I take a probiotic every day. It's actually a probiotic combined with a prebiotic because you want to have the right balance. So that does that answer your question? 
Yeah, it totally does. I I know that gut health is supposed to be kind of like you say, all the rage. And again, it seems very confusing. So that's interesting that you said the probiotics eat the prebiotics to harmonize kind of that, that balance. So yeah, that's just something I think I'd like to learn more about as well, but I appreciate that kind of broad overview because again, (laughs) just confusing hearing all the terms out there. Right. So that's very helpful. Right. And you, as a, as a mom of young children too, what, what I didn't understand when my kids were sick, you know, when your kids are babies and if they have ear infections or they get strep throat or all those things that young kids can get the antibiotics that they prescribe to your children totally mess up their gut microbiome. So, and, and they never explained that to me when my kids were young. And actually my one son that suffers most from acne, he had constant strep throat and was on antibiotics all the time. And now I'm working with a naturopath and to get his gut back in order and it's helping his acne. So it is, it's a big thing that, so you know, what you're giving your children, like if you're giving them an antibiotic, you know, you do want to give them yogurt, give them those probiotics to help get their gut back in balance after they've been on an antibiotic, especially. Oh, that's really good to know. Okay. I'm going to take that away as a tip because yeah, I don't feel like we get that guidance, you know, from our traditional doctors and things like that. So that's, that's very helpful. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate all of the education. I feel like I just got a master class in health and wellness from you, Kelly. <laughs> That's great. I love sharing. I do. I just, I do say like I'm a health and wellness junkie, like besides your podcast, which I love listening to when I'm walking my dog, I love listening to Dr. Mark Hyman. He has one called pharmacology. Like I seek it out and I love to listen to it, you know, in my free time just to get more information. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you are definitely a wealth of knowledge and where can people find you if they want to stalk you, learn more about your courses or coaching with you, where can they find you? where I hang out the most is on Instagram and I'm at Kelly K Moore. The culinary course is I'm hoping to launch in August. So those things are coming. Ooh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait, Kelly. Okay, great. Well, thank you again for being here. It is always a joy to hang out with you and we will talk soon. Thanks, Kimberly. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.